Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you lost in a toxic relationship today? Maybe you're going through a relationship, through a breakup, through a divorce, and you're like, I don't even know what's going on. I don't understand who I've actually been with. Maybe you've been with a guy for several different years and you've noticed that he's never been honest with you, that he started to cheat on you, that you found out about cheating and all of a sudden you're like, I can't believe this actually happened. How could this person actually do this to me? You might be dealing with someone who's a narcissist. You might be dealing with just a toxic person that is in your life and that you don't know what to do. You see, when you're with a toxic person, you get to this place where you end up being immobilized of not knowing what to do, what move to make. You think sometimes, hey, I should leave this person. I should actually get away. And then you have this moment of like, wait a second, it's actually not that bad. And you stay. And then it happens over and over and over again. A lot of times what this is, is it's the makings of what we call trauma bond. The piece that gets you tied and sticks you with a toxic person for a lot longer than what you'd ever want to be. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, change, and development. I do it by meeting with people every single day, and I do it by helping people move through the different challenges that we've built inside of Raw Motivations to find clarity and to find healing. One of the biggest things that I try to work with people is helping them break the trauma bond, but most people don't understand what a trauma bond is. I want you to think of the concept of a trauma bond is like this aspect of Stockholm Syndrome, like where you're addicted to your captor, where you have an infatuation or a love to someone who is abusing you. Now, it's a little bit different than Stockholm Syndrome, but it gives a good comparison. A lot of people don't understand and know what Stockholm Syndrome is more than they do a trauma bond. So what is a trauma bond? If you guys are listening on the podcast, I'm going to be writing on the screen uh, on YouTube, but if you guys are listening, I will still walk you guys through it. So trauma bond, when we talk about this aspect of trauma bond, a trauma bond is built up of a couple different things. One of the first aspects that builds up is this aspect of hope. Now, in this moment, I have hope in this person. Like, I have hope that this person is going to change. I have hope that this person is going to get better. I have hope that maybe he'll understand that he's abusing me. I have hope that he'll realize that the cheating is the bad thing, that he shouldn't lie. I have hope that he'll figure this out. And it latches you onto this idea of, like, hopefully this will happen, and you keep waiting and waiting and waiting without something actually happening. Well, this hope piece can be really hard for people to work through because they're like, this might happen. It does that because oftentimes you're looking at a person's potential. This potential might be something that you're looking at of like, hey, he has a lot of potential. This person has a lot of potential that I've been with. We have a lot of potential. Like we were great. We are fantastic. We were soulmates at the beginning. Why are we so disconnected now? Like we had so much potential. And it leads you in this idea of thinking like this hope, this potential, this thought process gives you into this aspect of a possibility. And this aspect of a possibility is like, hey, maybe, just maybe there's this possibility of someone that's actually going to change, that's actually going to love me, that's actually going to care. 
Why? Because they did before, right? They, they told me that before. They interacted that way with me before. They connected with me that way before. Why wouldn't it actually happen now? And it locks you into this idea that this might happen. And it ties you into this like hope, this potential, this possibility, and also this aspect of maybe. Maybe this will work. Maybe he will change. All of this here, hope, potential, possibility, and maybe, locks you in into this addictive cycle. And when you think of this like addictive cycle, this aspect of like, hey, maybe this will actually work out. Maybe this person will actually change. Maybe they'll actually get better. It locks you into this thing of like, this might actually happen and you're holding out. This is how people get addicted to gambling, to the lottery. This is how people like want to go towards drugs or go towards alcohol or go towards different substances to get high or to get a certain result out of it. They're waiting and they're anticipating things that are actually going on. Now this hope, this potential, this possibility, this maybe gives you this aspect that something is going to happen. Something is going to change. Something is going to develop. Maybe you've heard of Pavlov's theory where they do the experiment with the cat. Every time they ring the bell, the cat starts salivating because he knows he's going to get a treat. They did the same type of experiment with monkeys where they turn on a light, monkeys pull a lever, and they get a treat. And they do it over and over and over again, and then they start changing it up. Light would come on, no, no, nothing would come out. Then our treat would randomly come out. What they found out is that over a period of time, the monkey's anticipation levels rose to be the same as levels of someone who's addicted to cocaine. Like how much you get to a place where you're addicted to another person, you're addicted to a toxic person messes with your head because you're like, I don't want them. I know I shouldn't want them, but I still want them, but I still want to see them. I still want them to reach out. I still would love for them to call like just one more Hoover and it'll show me that they care. And it leaves you locked in this aspect of a trauma bond. So trauma bond, just to kind of give you this idea, hope, potential, possibility, maybe, locks you into this addictive cycle that makes you think, hey, it's not so bad. The next thing that I want you to be able to bring up that happens inside a trauma bond is this aspect of cognitive dis- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dissonance. Now we talk about cognitive dissonance. This aspect is the idea of holding two opposing thoughts at the same time. So I want you to consider, let's say you're standing in the middle here, and you've got these two thoughts. In this moment, these two thoughts, which do you actually believe? Do you believe the person's words, or do you believe their actions? Do you believe what they're actually saying, or do you believe what they're actually doing? This cognitive distance piece is when you're stuck in the middle. You're stuck in between two opposing thoughts and you're like, I don't know what to believe. You might be here today and you might be thinking, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's true. Does he actually love me? But he keeps texting other women. Does he actually care? But he's cheated on me several times before. Does he actually love the kids? But he's not showing up for them when I ask him to. Does he actually respect me? But he's not like listening to the boundaries that I put out there. Like there's so many thoughts kind of going through your head of like, wait a second, I don't actually know. 
Because a lot of times what you are is you're stuck in the middle of these two opposing thoughts. And you're stuck in this aspect of like limbo land. Of like, hey, when I'm here, I'm immobilized. I don't actually move. I don't actually go to any direction that I need to go. Instead, I'm like stuck here. This place is where it causes a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. Because when you're here, when you're in this middle, you're just like stuck. You're just like, I don't even know what to do. Do I believe this or do I believe that? Sometimes you're at the place where it's not just questioning like, hey, is it their words or their actions? Sometimes it's like, hey, do I do this and they get angry at me? Do I do this and deal with the anger? Or do I do this and deal with maybe the silent treatment? Like, which do I actually do? And it leaves you in this spot of like, hey, I'd rather sit in the middle and not take action for myself or not for myself. I'd rather just sit in the middle and not actually move forward. I want you to consider this concept of cognitive dissonance inside a romantic relationship. Say the narcissist is looking at you right now and says to you, hey, I love you. And then slaps you in the face. I love you. And then slaps you in the face. I love you. And then slaps you in the face. Over and over and over and over again. This is what they're doing mentally, emotionally, sometimes even physically. They're training you. Getting you to comply. Getting you to a place where it starts to make sense of like, oh, they love me. Slap. Oh, they love me. Slap. And it's what you're used to for such a long period of time. What this actually does over a long period of time is it starts to train you and teach you certain things. Number one, a lot of times it trains you and teaches you that this is what love is. The narcissist abusing you is what love is. Sometimes it's made up of the stories that you already believe based on where you've already been. Based on the relationships that you've already had, the toxic people that you've been with, or the parents that raised you. And you're left in this spot of thinking, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. It's okay. This is how love actually looks. Our love actually works when it's not. So first and foremost, it teaches you a lot of times that this is what love is. And the second one is one that people struggle with a lot, which has to do with your worth and being good enough of this is all that I'm worth. Now with this aspect of this being all that I'm worth, you get to the place thinking like, hey, if I go out and I find another person, I will only get the same amount of love. This is all I deserve. This is all that I'm worth to be able to find someone who's actually going to treat me right. Nope, it's not going to happen. I'm only going to get this level. And people limit their mindset of what they actually can achieve, where they can actually go, and who they can actually be with. Typically, this is just perpetuating the narcissist lie in your life that you're not good enough and you have to stay with them. So you stay with them and you don't actually make that move because of this cognitive distance piece. So the first aspect of this is, the, this is what love is. The second aspect is this is all that I'm worth. The third aspect is thinking that this is just a bump in the road. This is just the price you pay. So you think of like, this is just the toll road. This is the price I have to pay to get to a good relationship. He just struggles with drinking a little bit. That's why he's abusive. Like we just struggle with communication. It's not that big of a deal. And you start to minimize the things that have actually happened in the relationship and how you've actually been treated. Like the abusive things that have happened that have actually weighed you down and put you in a place where you can't rise into who you are. You can't grow in the direction you want to be and you can't continue moving forward because of this cognitive dissonance that locks you in, this limbo land that you're like, I don't know what to do. If you're in this moment right now, if you're struggling, if you're connected with anything that I'm saying, like please understand we're trying to provide tools to help you break free. I want you to go to escapetoxicity.com today. 
escapetoxicity.com today in order to break free. To start the process of understanding the hard truths you need to understand about narcissism, to be able to break out and step away from it and be like, wait a second, this is what's actually going on. I'm able to now be free and move forward in my thought process to break the trauma bond, to move out of the relationship, to move out of the emotional capturing that they've done, the cognitive distance that's keeping you immobilized. Take a step, take a move towards finding you. Go to escapetoxicity.com today.